Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we believe that healing and wholeness are not destinations. That's right. We believe they're a journey, y'all. Here on the Love Haze, we talk about how to navigate through it. Yeah. Today, we're going to unpack a topic submitted by one of our listeners. Uh, we've mentioned knowing folks who have cut ties with their parents or mm-hmm. with their family members because of unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. But we haven't really talked about maintaining a relationship uh, with the parent when y'all just don't get along and they don't listen or don't hear you. Uh, well, until today. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back to our Black Love Journey. Let's get right into this thing. Let's go. It's going to be a hot one. So Mrs. Hayes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we know that this came from a, one of our listeners. Well, set us up. Tell us what that message was about. I am so excited that we are unpacking a topic that was submitted from a listener. We have been mm. asking for 60 episodes <laughs> for someone to, to give us a little something. And you know what? Sometimes our friends are like, what about this thing? Or have y'all talked about this? And we're always really excited about those recommendations. So yes, please keep them coming. When we went live last week, Make sure y'all follow us at the Love Haze on Instagram and Facebook to um, get notifications when we go live. But when we went live, someone sent us a message right after and was like, have y'all ever talked about this thing? You may have. So first of all, thank you for submitting this uh, yeah. this topic. I'm really excited. So the message says, I don't know if you've ever, if you've touched on it, but when you don't get along with one of your parents, I'm realizing my mom doesn't know me as an adult. Everything is surface level. Mm. Ciao. Like we immediately have to talk about it immediately. So I'd love to just start with, you know, can you identify with this experience? And if so, like how? I, I definitely identify with it. Um, I've always like had this thing with both of my parents. Um, my father is is gone is now uh, with the ancestors, but my parents always had difficulty, like in my view, like parenting adult children. Mm. Um, we, we always bumped heads along those lines. I guess for some reason, in their eyes, I'm just always like their younger, their young child that needs guidance and mm-hmm. direction and mm-hmm. needs feedback about their lives. And um, it has always been a sore spot for me, always been a, a place where I felt like, um, you know, my opinion didn't matter in their household, uh, where they felt like they always needed to give me advice and what I had going on somehow was not just the best decision or they needed to always give me some type of feedback. And it caused some really difficult um, spots in our relationship. Some times when I didn't even want to go home mm-hmm. for the holidays, times where I didn't talk to them on the phone. I can remember particularly when I was um, coming out of grad school and trying to decide what my next move was. And my father just being like, hey, you need to go back and get your, your Ph.D., and I remember having that experience with him when I got my bachelor's, again, when I got my master's. And I was just like, man, there's never going to be enough for you. Mm. Right. And even as I was making career decisions and being like, you need to work for the VA. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to have my own path and I always seem to have a better plan. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like key points throughout my life where, you know, my parents just didn't seem to value like who I was as an adult. Mm-hmm. What about for you? 
Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about, I guess what's coming up for me is just, it's growing pains. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think, and just like in any relationship, both parties have to be willing participants to grow together. Yeah. I've never been a parent, so I can only imagine how it could be to, you know, have this human that you've cared for since they got here. Mm-hmm. And then some part of you always see them as the baby always see them as yours. Even as a leader at work, I lead grown people. And sometimes I'm mm-hmm. still just like my, my babies, my, do you know what I mean? Or even yeah. when I was teaching in college, I, it was some kind of like mama bear nurturing energy yeah. around them. So I can, I can understand always seeing your child, I guess, in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I can also understand how, well, I know how difficult it can be also to be like trying to assert your adulthood to assert your your maturity in a way that's respectful and I don't want to get too into the haze too soon but I think for me I'm thinking about times throughout my life where I think there's been growing pains between me and my parents I'm thinking about the first memory that came to mind was when I I was around the age of 13 Mm -hmm. and during the season I remember me and my mom having more friction than usual it seemed like I was like being fussed at more than usual. And this one time I shaved my legs without mentioning it. It didn't feel like something I needed to ask to do. Mm -hmm. It was like I had access to a razor and it's just shaving my legs. You know, I was a cheerleader. We had to wear these school uniforms that were like skirts and stuff. And so my legs were like, the hair on my legs was long. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt like, sure, surely we have a razor. My mom uses it. Mm-hmm. surely it's fine for me too. And I just remember it being like a thing, like you shave your legs. Why'd you shave your legs? And, yeah. and I remember, I will never forget this. I don't know why it sticks, stands out to me, but I remember my dad telling me shortly after that, he was like, your mom's just having some growing pains. And mm-hmm. I knew that to mean that, you know, she's just having a hard time with me. Yeah. Seeing me as a teenager, you know, I'm not her, I'm not a baby anymore. And that was mm-hmm. difficult for her. And so I think my mom, my parents do a really good job of really trying to respect adult our, our adulthood in a lot of different ways. And then sometimes they're still, you know, make sure you call me when you <laughs> when you land or right. send me your, your lift uh, ride so I can know mm-hmm. that you, you made it. You know, and I think maybe sometimes those things don't go away. I don't know. It's not necessarily the same as what this listener is talking about yeah. in terms of not being understood. Because I honestly feel like my parents at least are trying to, mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, sometimes they get it right and sometimes it's kind of, it's fine. So not quite that I don't feel seen or like they don't know me as an adult because they honestly try to, you know. I think in, in this season in my life, mom. My mother uh, and several of my family members just like don't really know this healed version of me. Mm, like the that's fair. <clears throat> that's a good point. The work that I've done to heal from some of the things that I've been through, not just like childhood traumas, not things that they did in particular, but yeah. the way that I learned to show up in the world as a result of like the experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. I learned to show up as not enough Mm. right and this new me that like asserts myself and says what i am and am not going to do the things that i will and won't tolerate you know i the the thing about about going to therapy uh for me has been like when i started 
going to therapy and I started like doing the healing work and like peeling back the layers and figuring out like why I show up the way that I show up, I immediately wanted that healing for everybody around me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want mama to go to therapy. I want my sister to go to therapy because they would benefit from it so much and our relationship would be so great and da 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 And the people around me was like, I don't want to go to no therapy. Like I'm doing fine. Yeah. And And I don't want to go to therapy, but let me just call and talk to you about everything I'm going on, that's going on in my life. Of course, yeah, that may be you, but my mom wouldn't want to talk about none of that. You She's have people like, in your family that do that. I have people in my family that do that. Do that. Or my mom has a tendency to call me and be like, hey, you need to call and talk too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, there's this whole other thing about triangulation that happens. Um, but, you know, you can't. The reality is that you can't want someone's healing um, more than they want it. Mm -hmm. And you can't die to your own healing to be in relationship with the people that you love. Um, It is one of the most difficult things for me has been trying to um, give myself permission to show up as the healed version of myself when dealing with my family members and particularly with dealing with my mom. Cause you know, my mom is who she is. She wants to be who she is. She has her, my mama got her ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's how she's used to showing up. And we, as her children have learned to like navigate around, like that's just my mom. Mm-hmm. She's going to say, I don't know whatever y'all want to do up until like the day before. You know, and I just, I'm a planner. I need to know what we're going to do, all of those things. And I just started giving them instruction. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is where I'll be. This is the time that I'll be there. If you all would like to join, then you're welcome to. It creates difficulty amongst all the, the siblings and with my mom, because my mom now will say to my sisters, like, well, you know your brother. It's finicky. Yeah, you know your brother, funny <laughs> Partic- actor. No, funny and, actor, right. And, particular, and particular. Particular, yeah. And it's as if there's something wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, but, you know, a lot of the arguments and stuff like that that my sisters have with my mom, I don't have those arguments those arguments with my mom. And so if healing, my healing to her looks like me being particular or being funny acting, then I guess to her who has known this other version of me for all these other years, it may be. Yeah. You know, but I still having no boundaries to having a few. Yeah. And I still have the right to show up in that space and have my boundaries. And the conversations that I have with my mom are around, like, I would love for you to understand this about me. You know, and I try to, um, I I think I'm gentle parenting with my mom, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) trying to help her understand like why there's a need for boundaries, but also on the back end of that, I get upset with my mom because she doesn't have any, Yeah, you know, she does so much for her family and just loves on us. And loves on like her brothers and sisters and just will, she's the person in the family that will show up, take everybody to their appointment. You in jail, she's going to take a box to ship to you in jail. She's doing all the things and doesn't do that great of a job of taking care of herself, right? So we bump heads, you know, in, in those ways. And 
I am still trying to introduce the idea of, you know, bringing the heel version of me, even if she doesn't want healing for herself and not being mad at her about who she is. But the thing about it is, in order for us to maintain relationship, if she needs to call me finicky in particular, all those things, she knows that she can't deal with me in a certain way. Yeah. And that's difficult for some parents to get. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think. What what I'm sensing is a slight difference here, though, is even though that's the case for us, like we might have some friction, but I, I think there's a certain level of our parents still being willing or interested in getting to know mm-hmm. us or be in relationship with us in a way that works for us. And this listener, it feels like, at least in the message, that maybe the her mom isn't, either she's not aware or she doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. And so before we get into like actually what the haze is, how do how do you think that societal how much of our experience with our parents and them with us is societal norms? Like what we've taught a parent-child relationship should be mm-hmm. versus maybe I'm getting to can parent child relationships look different for different people based on who those those individuals are and what Absolutely. they need you know and so i think when we think about what parents should do mm-hmm. they should nurture and care make sure that children have what they need and they sh- there's there's a, a bit of self sacrifice to make sure the child has what they mm-hmm. need and support them until a certain age and then xyz dot 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 and then the child should be respectful and I don't know. Listen to their be obedient, and when you get become an adult, care for your your parent in in a certain yeah. way. And I think you know, yeah, I'll, those things could look differently for different people. Because I guess there is no one view of parent child relationship. Because what if there's like a sick parent and a child then assumes support in that way? Or well, what if also like your parent doesn't know what you need as an adult? Yeah, doesn't know. Um, is not as invested in, um, is moving on to the child that they feel like needs them. You know, I've had conversations with, mm. with friends who have not had great relationships with their parents because they feel like, you know, the other child needs them mm. more, mm-hmm. you know, like y'all, and there've been times for you and I, and even with my mom, where I've, you know, felt like my mom doesn't do certain things for, for us because she feels like, you know, we, we got it right. And she fills in, in these other spaces because these folks need her help. And my mom is a helper she and she wants, wants to be, to be able to mm-hmm. come and rescue someone, mm-hmm. you know, and she likes to put on her cape and go swoop in and save the day and nurse people. And we don't need that from her. So I'm wondering if even our listener like has a parent who doesn't know what to do if she's not needed. Mm. You know, she mentioned that um, the parent like is concerned about her younger sister mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Uh, and doesn't really show up for her in that way. But when someone needs you and you need to be needed, that's a perfect fit. Yeah. And it doesn't really bode well for your other child who may be yearning for this relationship with you. Um, Yearning for, uh, I yearn for my mother to be like proud of me and know that I want, you know, to have a relationship with her and know that I want to see her enjoy like what I view to be the fruits of her labor, Mm -hmm. to have, you know, three children who have um, finished college. Um, 
two who have master's degrees, another who's working on a master's degree, uh, one who's working on the PhD. You know, to have that type of accomplishment, I want my mom to be able to pump her brakes and enjoy that. And like us have conversations about her being closer to, you know, care for her grandchildren or just to be able to see them and interact with them and do things with them like that. And I don't know that my mom has the capacity for that because Mm -hmm. she feels like we're good. I need to go and attend to these people that need help, you know, and our parents just our parents are people. Right. Mm -hmm. They have their very own stuck places. They have their very own things that uh, that they um, use to create their own identity. And for me, I identify with how my mom shows up now because there was a point in my life where a part of that behavior that I had, like trying to be everything for everybody. I got that portion of it from my mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and it. It did not benefit me at all. It was unhealthy for me. And I was ending up resenting people on the back end of being everything for them and nobody being everything for me or being anything for me. Right. But it had to be that I wanted to change that, Mm -hmm. you know, and here I am. I still get frustrated with my mother that she won't let people do stuff for themselves. Mm -hmm. Don't let grown folk do stuff for themselves. And it's just not her value system. It is mine. It is this healed version of me who wants better for myself. And maybe she doesn't resent people. You know, maybe that is my stuff. So our parents still need to have permission to um, be who they are and come up with their own time when they are ready to make a change. And I think that the only way that we can get to that really is by having these difficult conversations, by telling, you know, a parent, like, the way that you're showing up in this space is really not working for me. Uh, I would like for our relationship to look like. Is there a way that we can partner so that our relationship can be better? Because right now it's not that great, in my opinion. That's getting into navigating it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin in that. Come back to it. I okay. think the other thing that I'm thinking about is also they were parented a certain way because the world was a certain way in mm-hmm. those years. We were mm-hmm. parented and raised 70s, 80s, 70s, tail in the 70s, 80s, right? Don't push us. me too far back. So. <laughs> and so the world had a certain set of conditions that mm-hmm. they were parenting for then. And then now here we are as adults. The world is just different. So yeah. they have a certain set of experiences that causes them to see the world a certain way. We have a totally different set of experiences that causes us to see the world in a certain way. And I think those two can often be in conflict with each other. I, I think about therapy now and being, you know, loving it and talking so much about it while I was also, I mean, but having come from a family where everything was about prayer and like religion yeah. and like spirituality. And so now to be talking about therapy a lot, I think it it really just takes my family a little bit to even yeah. receive that or be yeah. comfortable with it. And I think that they're learning how to, or they're at least open to me being so, you yeah. know, uh, committed to it. But I think that also can, in the past, has sort of caused a little bit of friction, like, well, you know, my therapist or I learned this in therapy and, you know, I had an experience where mom was like, why is everything therapy? And I was like, well, you can't just pray. You can't just pray everything. I remember. It's God and therapy. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think some of that plays into it as well or is a part of it, you know? I I spent so much of like my teenage years, like bumping heads with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I've talked about this before. Just like my dad was trying to tell me how to be like this man who, you know, was upstanding mm-hmm. and didn't let other men disrespect him and operated in a certain way. And I couldn't reconcile like how he was showing up as a man yeah. that was disrespectful, cursing folk out, you know, drinking, all this other kind of stuff. And I would challenge him during those times. And when I would challenge him, my dad would be like, you ain't got to live here. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to live with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I would live with my grandmother for about two weeks and then come back home. And my dad just bumped head, bumped head, bumped head, bumped, bumped head. We finally got to a point to where we, you know, I think he accepted that I was coming into manhood. But we bumped heads many more times over the years, even after I became an adult. Uh, we bumped heads around his drinking. Uh, we we bumped heads uh around like the children that I I feel like he did not, you know, um, ever legitimize. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the last thing that we bumped heads about before he passed away. And, you know, I I think that I give myself credit for continuing to try Mm -hmm. to push my dad. And I think this subject is so sensitive for me because I think about like, I believe that I was trying up until my father passed away to like, figure out how to have a relationship with him in which we could be like, he could consider me his equal and we could have a real conversation Mm. about like um, how I was raised, the values that he instilled upon me and like the, the things that I didn't see him be able to do. Yeah. Like we talked, um, I don't know. I don't remember if it was a couple episodes uh, ago or not about like him putting these things on me that yeah. he wasn't even able to do. Right. The family stuff. Yeah. And for me, that was like a through line for my relationship with my father the whole time. Like he was trying to teach me how to be this perfect man that he was never able to be, mm-hmm. you know, and even when I would confront the fact that he wasn't able to do these things that, that he was trying to get me to do, he would like buck against that and be like, boy, I paid for them damn degrees. Don't you come here trying to counsel me. Don't you come here trying to social work me, you know? And I think the only thing that we can really keep doing is keep trying. And I think for, for me, I'm going to keep trying, but I also recognize that if my father was still living, we'd probably still be bucking at each other. And there's a certain degree of me that has to give uh, my parent permission to be who they are, but the love that I have for my parent is that I'm gonna keep pushing back mm. and I keep trying to see if we can get into alignment. Yeah, sounded like you wanted some sort of closure conversation with him, which is definitely something I want to touch on in the way to navigate it. The other thing it sounds like you mentioned you wanted to be able for your dad to see y'all as like. I, I almost peers. I don't think that's ever going to be mm-hmm. the case. I think hopefully the hope is that they see us as an adult and we can talk adult to adult. But even then it's like, I'm this adult and you're this adult. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And so I don't know that we can ever be seen yeah. as. And I, and maybe I just didn't word that right. It, I think what I'm trying to say is that I wanted my father to be able to hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And my father always believed that, you know, he would, he would say things like, I'm I'm just as old over you now as the day you were born. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're older than me. Mm-hmm. That does not re- mean that I should not be able to offer information 
for you to receive. Yeah. And it, what I understand is my father was just that kind of person. Yeah. Right. He was the kind of person who just had trouble receiving new information. My dad had decided that he lived his life this way, that these things happened when he was mm -hmm. younger and an adult. Mm -hmm. He felt like he changed his life and he didn't want to revisit any of that stuff. Yeah. He didn't want to go back and repair reminded or of his peel mistakes, back yeah. the layers or any of those things. And that is like a stage of change, right? And, you know, it in my profession is called pre-contemplative. It means I ain't even thinking about changing, <laughs> basically. Like, I hear you. That may be a real thing. But I ain't changing that. Yeah. I mean, and so there's a content, contemplative stage of change, too, where I'm at least thinking about it. Like, yeah. mm, maybe you got a point. Yeah. Maybe I'll think about changing. I mean, I'm going to do it. My dad was pre-contemplated for basically <laughs> his entire life. I'm like, I'm not thinking about changing that shit. Like, you yeah. lived, you breathing. I did a great job. Mm -hmm. Let me alone. You had a place Get out of my face. Yeah. I think the you hit the nail on the head, though, and that captures to the T, the sentiment, at least that I receive from this listener is that you said, I just wanted to be heard. And it feels mm -hmm. like that's what she wants to. She wants her mother to see her for who she is and she wants to be heard. And yeah. I think that's what everybody wants. They just want to be understood, you know, mm -hmm. and seen for who they are. So the haze of maintaining a healthy relationship with our parents, we've already said so many of it is, you know, how to stay respectful while also asserting your authority I don't, don't want to say authority but asserting your big age you know like mm -hmm. I'm 40 some years old actually yeah mom or dad and this is my choice and this is my life and all right this is what I need at mm. this moment and I think you also have to make up your mind like um when enough is enough for you mm. so for me I can't ever see a world where I don't talk to my parents yeah. so even when we open the conversation we're talking about how many people have like stopped talking to their parents, like mm -hmm. this trend of folks like divorcing their parents, right? And like not talking to them anymore because the relationship is just that toxic. Yeah. Uh, and we all get to decide when enough is enough. Yeah. Uh, or maybe when we need a break or whatever it is. But for me, um, I can't see myself getting to a point to where I don't want to talk to a parent again. Um, Same. Much of the regret that I have about the bumping of heads that I did with my dad is the time that we lost, mm -hmm. time when he was up and moving around and that kind of thing. <clears throat> and grief for everyone is different, mm -hmm. right? And a, But a part of that for me has always been like, that's time when even if we were arguing or even if we didn't agree, maybe I could have given him permission to be who he was mm -hmm. and still had that relationship. And there are other parts of me who that don't regret at all like the times where we fell out, mm -hmm. you know, when we, when we had a big fallout about his alcoholism and I wrote my dad that letter and told him basically that I'm through with you, like that pushed him to go into rehab mm -hmm. yeah. and he didn't drink anymore after that. And he still, he still credited me with giving him the push that he needed to go into rehab. And if I had not like put the hammer down at that time, I don't know that he would have. Yeah. So it's basically a, a roll of the dice. You don't know how people will respond to the boundaries and the limits that you set. Sometimes it could be beneficial, but on the back end, you can also feel like some of the parts of me feel like, dang, did I really need to stand on that? Mm -hmm. You know, because I lost Was that time it? with my yeah. dad. Was it worth it? Yeah. And, you know, it it is that uh, the haze of it is like, you may end up feeling that way. Yeah. You may feel like it was the best thing I ever did in my life, right? 
or you may end up feeling like I lost so much time by not talking to my parents. Mm -hmm. I wish that things were different. Mm -hmm. What could I have done? And we replay these scenarios over and over in our mind. Like what could I have done differently? But we do that with every relationship. Mm -hmm. And it is really about like, giving yourself permission to have the conversation rather than saying, I'm going to show up in this space and be uncomfortable here every time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go to my parents' house and be uncomfortable every time I was there because I had to die to what it is that I needed because I I am or was their child. Yeah. Right. Yes. I'm your child. Yes. I'm grateful for everything that you've done. And also I need this for our relationship to be better. Yeah, I would like for this thing to happen so that we can communicate like I need you as my parent, maybe just not in the way that you think. Yeah. Can we have a conversation about that? Mm -hmm. And that is a hell of a haze because mm -hmm. not all parents can receive that. Yeah. And I think it goes back to them, how they see us, how they view us. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a parent who can have the awareness that this is now my adult child saying to mm -hmm. me these things versus someone being like, how dare my, the audacity, like, don't, you're my child. I'm the parent because you know, how, how back to what I was saying earlier, how did they show up with their parents until the mm -hmm. very end? You know, was mm -hmm. there ever any pushback to their own parents? And so are they expecting the same things from us? And so I think it's all about adaptability. I'd love to talk a little bit about the haze we can go into a couple of things that I heard come up even over the course of the conversation is one to really say what you need. So in the case mm -hmm. of this listener, who's like, you, you really want, you don't think your mom knows you as an adult. Have y'all had that conversation? Like how comfortable are you with at least saying, Hey mom, like I, I, I really desire this type of relationship. And if you can be specific, like when you do this type of thing, this is how I feel. This mm -hmm. is how it impacts me. It mm -hmm. seems like you're focused more on, on my younger sister. Is there a way that, you know, and just say what you need. And I don't um, take for granted how difficult that could be. Like, yeah. that's not necessarily an easy conversation to have, depending on the dynamics of your family, like relationships, like mm -hmm. if y'all are open to talking. But I would say always the first step is to figure out if there's a way that you could just say the thing, mm -hmm. have the conversation. To open it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think we also have to be prepared for, yep. you know, um, their response. Their response. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes or lack thereof. Because, mm -hmm. you know, our parents are still people. Yeah. Um, they are still, you know, navigating their own um, traumas, their own stuck places. Um, having learned how to show up in the world in a way that works for them. Yeah. Uh, and just generally not having to, to take feedback from people. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what my, my desire is, uh, has always been to not throw people away. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's, it's better even for a period of time to like, maybe not talk to folks. Uh, and sometimes a boundary looks like that. Mm -hmm. It is difficult when you give people information. You have to be prepared not only for their response, but what your response will be on the back end of that. Because there, uh, there were some conversations that I had with, with my mom when I was going through divorce where I said, okay, this is what is happening. Mm -hmm. Every time I call you, it's not going to be that we have this conversation that you should stay. And yeah, you can't do that in relationship. And, you know, you made a promise to God. And there were there was a point where I had to say, 
Like, okay, mom, I've said that I'm done with this conversation. So we really have two choices here. I can stop calling you Mm -hmm. or you can accept that I'm not entertaining this conversation about staying Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. or trying to guilt me into Mm -hmm. doing this thing that I've already said that I'm not going to do. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a 39 year old man at the time Mm -hmm. and I've decided that this thing isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing that information with you. This is not a debate. Yeah. Like I'm giving you information. Mm -hmm. And so providing clarity. And there was a period of time where I didn't call home that often Mm -hmm. because both of my parents at the time were not in a place where they could receive my decision as an adult. They thought that their duty as a parent was to coach me into staying mm-hmm. because they stayed. Yeah. And this was during the time when I, when I actually found out that my parents had difficulty in their relationship where they um, basically just decided to stay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and didn't leave themselves. So they were trying to impart that value, that just stay value to me. And it was not my value. And um, you I just think, have the right to yeah. be like, no, nah, that ain't for me. It's not that you know have a just stay value. I think it it is just more nuanced than that. You know what I mean? The conditions under mm. which you you decided to stay versus they did. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's just a little different. But I I hear you. Yeah, I I'm I totally agree with you on being prepared for how they may or may mm-hmm. not receive it. And then I think the next part of navigating it is deciding what you're going to do. Like, so if they receive it well and are open to changing and trying, great, mm-hmm. wonderful, keep it moving. If they don't receive it, then you have a choice on what you're going to do. And I would say my next suggestion would be to make sure you seek out support. So I talk to my um, therapist often about, okay, what is it that I have control over in this situation? I can't control the other person. I can only Mm -hmm. control myself. And so how do I show up and respond? How do I set a boundary? How do I enforce said boundary? Um, What does that look like? What what are some tools that I can actually use to help me deal with this very Mm -hmm. difficult situation, especially if you want to maintain the relationship, you don't want to discard it. So I was even talking to her recently about, you know, Went back home to uh, Houston and was having some very tricky (laughs) family dynamics with boundaries. And I was telling her, like, I didn't know how to assert my boundary at the time without Mm -hmm. seeming disrespectful to an auntie or a parent or whomever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was really like, she reaffirmed, she was like, well, actually a boundary is the distance between you choosing them and you you choosing Mm you. So you're going to actually just have to choose you (laughs) and deal with how uncomfortable it might be. But she was like, maybe you could say it jokingly, like to take the heat off of it. And she was like, but at the end of the day, you're just going to have to accept that they might not like what you have to say and you're going to have to be okay with it. Right. Mm So I'm saying all of that to say, make sure you have some support to talk through like what, how you are going to move forward. If, if, you know, that parent doesn't receive what you say, well, and actually decides to maybe the answer is like, no, I'm good. You know? I think the support piece is key. Having someone you can talk to to and talk through uh that thing with because if the parent shuts you down, the feeling that you have, having to sit with that feeling, uh, and not having the support that you need to kind of navigate that space is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um and fortunately we have the opportunity to be able to talk to our therapist 
you know, about those things when they happen and kind of get some coaching, mm -hmm. you know, along those situations. But it's not that um, we don't need it. I don't know that I would, would be having a lot of these conversations uh, with my, my siblings and my parents uh, if it wasn't for therapy and it wasn't for being able to go back and get some tips and tricks and all those things that I could try to use to implement mm -hmm. to see what works. Mm -hmm. And a lot of relationship really is like, Throwing some stuff out there and see what works. Mm -hmm. And when something doesn't work, then move on to the next thing that you can do to try to, um, you know, maintain the relationship. It's all practice. It's and, um, all practice. The biggest thing is, is, is for me, is that you're still not responsible for anybody else's healing. Yeah. And, and your healing doesn't have to die because they haven't done their work. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You You continue to do what you can to stay in relationship. And if you need a break, you need a break. Uh, and that can also be a part of the boundary that you set. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to take a break from this because we've, we've reached an impasse. Mm -hmm. It's not working for me. I still love you. You know, I would hope that you can meet me in, my, in this space. And maybe we'll come back around to this. But for yeah. now, I ain't coming. I'll, revisit, I'll revisit, revisit this on next year. Yeah. And to that point. The other thing that I learned in therapy is that when you're not getting a need met in one place, God and the universe always provides it in another way. So if it is that you've had this difficult conversation, you know, worked up the courage to even say the thing, mm. it didn't go as, as well as you had hoped. And for whatever reason, you know, you're finding yourself having to set this new boundary or have this weird dynamic with your, your parent. Quite honestly, maybe that dynamic will be better than how it is now, because at least now they know how you feel. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But if that's the case and you're still not getting what you need from that parent, then I would say look around in your life and see where you are getting that nurturing. Is there another mentor or relative mm -hmm. or sure. friend or big sister or someone that really does see you and nurture you and support you in the way that you would have hoped your mom to do it? And no one can ever replace your mom because we mm -hmm. assign so much meaning to that. And I would say we always get what we need, even if it's from the places we didn't expect it. Right. So, you know, maybe just be open to that, too. Absolutely. Learn on therapy, y'all. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say that you've learned about parent-child relationships as an adult? Uh, not much other than they are just as... Um, they require even more work, I think, sometimes than uh, those other relationships, mm -hmm. just because that is your your parent, that is your mm -hmm. blood, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that is, I realize also that that's that's personal, yeah, uh, and that's individual journey. But also, I, I think that it is learning to understand that my parents are they're individuals yeah. as well. People. Like they've had their entire lives. And for most of us, that means twice the time that we've been alive mm -hmm. to develop whatever their um, coping mechanisms are, their defense mechanisms, to be able to double down on what works for them in their lives. So it'll take even more uh, most times for them to implement some kind of change. Yeah, And I understand that they will always view me as their child. Uh, and I'm okay with always being their child, right? But I would hope that they would be open as individuals to doing something different, 
right? But I also understand that they are individuals who are still just finding their way. And I don't know, you know, we're not privy to know all of the traumas and stuff that our parents have Mm -hmm. experienced. And some people who experience trauma, they run from it. They never want to revisit it again. Yeah. You don't know how serious it was for them. And they may have even developed a um, defense mechanism of never talking about things again. Yeah. But I still have to respect my parent as an individual, not just because they're my parent, but I respect their individualism. Yeah. Right. And I have to give that whether or not I agree with how they show up in the world. Yeah. So um, just just that they're individuals. And just that I, I love them anyway. And sometimes I might have to love them from a distance. Mm. Just like I have to do other individuals. Yeah. It's tough. But just acknowledge that it's tougher. Yeah. When it's real. a parent or a family member. Yeah. It's real. Any other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Think that you said it all. I know. Well, listen. Let's talk about what the music for the moment is. What you thinking? Mm. Well, we had to do, not that I know many lyrics from this song, but we couldn't be talking about this without throwing in DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Parents just, just don't understand. understand. We couldn't. We have to put that on the playlist because it just goes together. <laughs> but No the, need to argue. Right. Parents it's, just don't understand. Just immediately, I was like, that's the song. Mm-hmm. The other one, though, specifically for lyrics... What I need from mm. you is understanding. Sorry. How can we communicate <laughs> if you don't hear what I say? Escape. You sing. Yes. Sing, boo. <laughs> Escape. You have one? Uh, yeah. Uh, good old trusty PJ Morton song, mm. mm-hmm. Claustrophobic. Mm. Claustrophobic. Having a hard time. I'm fitting having in. a hard time. Trying to fit in to these boxes that you're trying to put me into in. your small mind is what yeah. he say, ain't it? Yeah. Sure. So you know, our parents have these ideas about the child that they raised, and maybe who we were when they released us out into the world, yeah. right, to go to college or whoever. Yeah. And most of us did our development, like a majority of our growing up in our college years or mm-hmm. in those early years of our twenties, and we're just somebody different. And so we won't fit into the same boxes and, and, you know, ideals that our parents had of us when we were younger. You know, we've grown and become our own individual people. And, yeah, I get claustrophobic in my mama house. She'd be like, <laughs> look, that's how it is. She won't turn the dog on air down. And it's uncomfortable up in here. But yeah, claustrophobic. That, listen, we, we, we didn't mention it, but maybe it's a whole other conversation. When you have, you've decided how you want to live based on how you grew up and then you got to go back and stay with your parents for whatever time. It's so different. Cause you're like, I don't live like this. No, more. Horrible, yeah. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's the thing. Like I actually, I, I don't live this way. I live. Yeah. Got my own thing going the on. So down, and, right. You know, we eat these kinds of foods. We don't eat that kind of food. Right. This is how we keep the kitchen. This yeah. It's so funny how the systems are different yeah. in different households. No doubt. Anyways, we thank y'all uh, for joining. If you made it to the end, then you must like what you hear. So why don't you go ahead, take a couple seconds, go ahead and like, follow, subscribe, rate us, give us I'll some. Give us some love and share it with a friend. And 
y'all hit us up get in our messages we're on ig and facebook at the love haze or you can mm-hmm. always email us at um what is it the love haze at gmail.com that part uh, <laughs> submit a form on our website www.thelovehaze.co like so those are all the places you can reach us but if there's something you want us to unpack help you uh validate your feelings of the haze and then help you you know talk through how to navigate it we would love to do that uh, yeah with you and like we always say Life is going to life. Life will yeah. always present us with a haze, but we have everything that we need to navigate through it. And you're not alone. Mm-mm. Join us next time. We're going to take this thing together. All right? Appreciate y'all. Holla. Peace. Why'd you take so long to come?